Sponsored by the UCD Innovation Academy. You're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You with Dr. Lolly Mansi. Hi, I'm Dr. Lolly, and you're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You. I'm an entrepreneur and a lecturer in UCD's Innovation Academy, and I teach entrepreneurship, innovation, and creativity. And I believe that entrepreneurs are both born and made. In this series, we won't be talking to the Elon Musks and the Richard Bransons of this world. We'll be talking to people just like you. Today, my very special guest is the amazing Melissa Curry. Melissa is a leading Irish concept designer and artist. She currently lives in Dublin, but she was an accessories designer and creative director in Paris. After some life changes, she moved back to Ireland and she has reinvented herself a number of times. One of the things she does is amazing, amazing jewellery. So today we're going to hear a little bit about her journey. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Lovely to be here. Oh, thank you so much for doing this. And well done on the new show. Love it. (laughs) Thanks very much. And thanks for having me on. You are very, very welcome. Melissa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, that's a bit of a, that's a a hurdy-gurdy ride. Um, It has been, yeah, it's a, what am I, who am I today? Um, I think everyone's asking themselves those questions. (laughs) You have these, uh, you know, every morning, every morning seems to to ask me a different question. And, uh, and yeah, I guess, okay, well, I'll make it simple. Um, well, take, I, take us back to, to sort of to how all of this got started. So, so perhaps we might start with Paris. Paris. Um, yeah, I went, I left, I left Dublin at 17, just after school. Wow. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do, but I wanted to be famous. And I wanted to have, um, I wanted to be, I wanted to do something that was creative. Um, but at that time, that was really risky you know, living out in Meath, um, there was very little going on. And um, my parents thought, like very, like many parents, law or medicine or something, right. something safe would be suited to me, especially I came from that background. So, um, of well, course... Well, back in those days, everyone, every parent wanted a job for life for their children. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So I had notions <laughs> and I had m- lots of isms. So I <laughs> was very determined to finish school as quickly as I could and to get out into the world. Yeah. And that's what I did. So they kindly sent me to Paris at the age of 17. Wow. And uh, little <laughs> did they know dream. I would not come back. <laughs> um, and I put them through torture. Um, I think they came over twice or three times to to pick me up, and I just refused. It was it was it, it, giving freedom to somebody who wanted freedom was just such a gift. Well, me to Paris is a fair jump. <laughs> it was a big jump, and I was a Loretto girl, and I should have been going. It was I had obviously done. I'd passed the leaving cert, and I was due to go to UCD. And I just rejected everything. I said, no, I'm doing it my way. And how very bohemian of you. (laughs) Bohemian is a nice word. Very bold. So it started back then. Um, I got a, I I think I got my first job in a pharmaceutical company to improve my French. I studied French phonetics. And then I, the, I was asked to come back to Ireland to face up to reality, which was my Uh UCD. (laughs) adventure and I just refused. I think I came back for about three months and then I was back over to see the the love of my life at the time. I was just about to say you couldn't possibly have been in Paris as a 17 year old and not felt the uh, excitement of how romantic that city is. It is, it really is. Yeah, it really is. I mean she's tough. She is tough, tough when you get to the, the stages I got to which was entrepreneurialism or entrepreneurship. Um, So 
um, anyway, I, I, I went back and I got myself into college. I studied advertising because I was always interested in a more commercial art field. Right. Um, and I wanted to do something that would make me money and that I would be genu- genuinely interested in, which I was interested in. So, And more creative than law, potentially. Absolutely. Um, I couldn't, I just, uh, sitting down reading at that time just wasn't even, I just couldn't. Right. Yeah. It, it didn't. You were too busy head. living. Too busy living and sampling the better side of life. Um, and of course, Paris is very bohemian and I was surrounded by artists. So there was just no oh, moving wonderful. me from that, that, that center of activity. So uh, one thing led to another. I, I got into college. Um, I, I left college. And during that time, I worked in, um, I worked my way up in a small jewellery company, uh, very cutting edge at the time in the centre of the Marais. So at the weekends, I would spend my time there. And then I got involved with the fashion people and I started getting into shoots and all sorts of exciting things. Wow. Very young. Um, but of course, people looking at me thought I was bats because I hadn't, you know, I'd kind of thrown everything aside, everything that was secure, everything yeah. was secure. But youth is the time to do that. Oh, absolutely. I <laughs> mean, I'm, no I'm, responsibilities. I keep on telling my son the same thing. Come on, <laughs> yeah. now. Experiment, exactly. Go yeah. Um, but you're either that way or you're not. You know, there are consequences to taking those big risks. Well, of course, it's a, it is a, yeah, they are risks. Exactly. Yeah, they right. are risks. Yeah. So um, what happened? Yeah, I, I, I worked uh, in all areas of, of fashion and business in, in my sector. Um, but I, then I came to a crossroads at about 23, 24, I think. I was like, what do I do? Um, and I, I, I was pursuing what I loved to do, but I didn't know how to develop it as a business. Okay. And I thought, right, okay, what do we do? Um, I traveled extensively around that time. So a lot of time was spent in China, in, um, in Africa. Um, and, and it was really exploring again, that creativity and the, the cultures that were, that were obviously going to inspire me through right till this day. Well, I mean, (laughs) not all young people would be, would be so bold or so brave. So there's obviously something inside of you from the very start that is bohemian, that is adventurous, that is rebellious. Yes. Right. I, yes. I, I mean, I like the, I like living and yeah. I like being a part of something that's g- much greater than me sitting here. You know, I like, I like to see what people are doing. The world is an unbelievable place. <laughs> oh, don't you know, Dr. Dolly? You know well. Um, there, there's just, there was so much happening in the industry that I couldn't, I mean, it just isn't here, right? So it's right. hard to even describe it. Um, and I would encourage any young girl or young guy or anybody young uh, who really wants a taste of the real fashion world uh, to to sample either Paris, London or or New York. I mean, that's where it's at. Yeah. Even now in COVID where things are, are, are changing dramatically. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, it opens your mind. It opens everything. It opens uh, your business acumen. It opens um, your social interaction. It's, it, and it teaches you other languages, um, different negotiating skills. So it's really Absolutely. enhanced everything. We are more similar than we are different. And I think that traveling taught me that, that there's a commonality in humanity. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, uh, it humanizes everything, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and it gives you great perspective. Um, where you are and what you have 
and uh, my father traveled. So he, he didn't realize that he was actually encouraging me right the way through. Um, but he was. I, I looked at him in the 80s. There was very little going on in Ireland. My father was very British, very lovely old gentleman. Um, and he just, again, he was out of water here, but he, he ventured off to other lands and I followed him. So that was it. Right. Um, but I drove him, you know, bonkers because I couldn't settle on things. <laughs> um, but I was experimenting. And then by two, 2019, when was it? Gosh, I'm going back. Um, by the age of 26, 27, I had decided that I was going to develop my own company. And I'd just come back wow. from India. Okay. Um, and I said, right, let's do it. That was it. And at the time, you, you, you know, you'd said you didn't have the experience in that. So did you seek out mentors or, you know, how did you get started? I literally walked through a door. Okay. And I decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm going right. to try it. Um, but remember, I had, I had it all around me. Yes, that's And true. I had amazing people who were in that industry who were around me. But I mean, going from that to actually developing a business. But I really was only sampling. I was only bringing what I loved doing to a bigger uh, to to the to to a bigger um, population. That's all right. I was doing. It was a massive risk. I was ready for rejection. I didn't know if it would be a goer. I had no idea. Um, but it was, and that was the biggest surprise to me. Now <laughs> looking it back, it worked <laughs> until a certain period, until a certain of time at work. Because yeah. then it's like, uh oh, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, the, I remember walking into Premier Class at the time uh, with Lock, Stock and Barrel. I had done a previous show in Paris. It was much smaller and very niche, beautiful, but um, to get it, it built me up. And then I, I, I ventured in in 98, so 1998. Um, and I remember this wonderful large woman coming over to me and saying, you I want to see you in my office. And I looked at her and she said, you're very cutting edge. Be careful, be careful, but I'll see you in London. Here's my card. Wow. And that was the buyer of Liberty of London. No. So <gasps> she said, you're, you're good. Like, like what you're doing. Now, I had no idea. I was, you know. What we, a break. It was, it was a huge break. And um, I thought, I thought all youngsters had this. And I thought she was going around to everybody saying, come to my office. How and, incredible. Uh, so I come home and I uh, picked up the phone naturally enough and said, uh, you, you've asked me to come and see you. Yes. So off I, off I went. And I remember arriving with a little suitcase into her, um, into her studio, into her office. And she picking up the phone going to the marketing department you need to come and see Melissa Curry for the campaign, darling. And that was it. They all came I down. I can't imagine what they must have felt like. Well, it was... So surreal. It was really surreal. Yeah. And I had built at the time, I mean, I had not. I had very designed products, but what was interesting when I come back from India, I had built these sculptural necklaces out okay. of wire. And I was really trying to touch back into my own heritage. So I was embracing the fishermen and the weaving. And, and so I'd built these beautiful big balls um, and I'd strung them all together. And I, and I, 
I didn't know what I was doing with them. I, I obviously I took photos and all the rest, but I'd never any intention of them going public. And she, the whole team just, they loved the story. They loved me. They loved everything we were doing. Right. And we were given, or my work was given the Liberty of London Millennium campaign. How so incredible. That was, that was, yeah. And it is the story, isn't it? I mean, it's always that we need to know who, who designed this and why they designed it. And we need to see the rationale behind it and understand where it's come from in order for us to connect to it. It's your emotional connection. Absolutely is. And now you're going to see that that is required more than ever, ever before. I would absolutely agree. And when when I'm teaching innovation and entrepreneurship, I'm always saying, you know, the story is the connector. It's the the humanity behind the product. Um, And if you are selling something authentic that is you believe in and is is a natural extension of yourself, then you owe it to your business to tell your story. And I, I think as as women, we're very good at telling our story to each other in a kind of a chatty way, but we don't often talk about it publicly. And I think the more we can talk about our story and our multiple stories as we move forward, uh, the more people can uh, identify with it and, and either be inspired or recognize it or recognize a little bit of themselves in it. Absolutely. Uh, that's really important. It's really important. It's very important for yourself to hear your own story. Mm. Don't you think? Oh, I absolutely do. That, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. Um, I remember, I think it was about three or four years ago, um, I was mentoring um, I th- an entrepreneurial group of women and I was asked to speak my story. Mm. Now, I could have gone on, the, I could have delivered the entrepreneurial route right. the, and gone down that whole, uh, that sequence of, of thinking and delivery. But I decided I would actually take them back to when it did go wrong. Well, I think that's so important because it, we, in America, you have a culture of more of entrepreneurialism where you're nothing unless you have a couple of failed businesses. You know, Absolutely. you wouldn't be taken seriously. And here we see failure as an end when actually failure in a business is just a learning experience to something totally. else. Totally. So, so let's go back to that moment then. So that business and I mean that, you know, you're in Liberty of London. You're in your 20s. It's absolutely all over incredible. The, we, we were all over. We were like, we went, we catapulted. From that moment, I didn't realise I was on the map. Yeah. People were looking at Liberty, what You're they were doing. You're somebody. You've arrived. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a big arrival. It was a big wake-up call. Um, yeah. she, I remember the, 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 the buyer coming in and saying, now we might be, you know, there'll be 350 of those. And I looked and I said, that'll be five years work. There's no <laughs> way. Course. I mean, you know. You're making everything by hand. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, there was obviously a large part of my work that was not done by hand. But in, in our work, you always have to have something that's emotional, yes. eye-catching, um, different, and that has a, that can speak for itself. So I looked at it and I said, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Well, um, your work is your art. I mean, yeah, so yeah. you can't rush that process. No, it's a it's And a it's process. not, it can't be mass produced at that level when you, when you are a hand, you know, an artist making things by hand. Absolutely. So what did you do? Um, we, well, uh, the accounts department brought some <laughs> rationale into her buying and they asked her, could she possibly buy five? And we would leave it at that. Okay. So we bought the five and she bought the five, but she also purchased from all the other collections because there was a, a, a quite a variation. Um, but that really put us on the map. So I was a one man show. Um, or I indeed one woman. One woman. <laughs> one woman show. 
Um, but we, I managed, I managed until a certain point. So we had, I, accounts started to grow. Um, and we had, yeah, I mean, I opened accounts in Japan. Japan was the China of today. Okay. Yeah. Um, New York, all over the place. So it was a busy, busy, busy account. You're, and you're a brand all of a yeah, sudden. Yeah. And the name of that brand? It was MC. MC. Okay. Yeah. MC Jewelry. Yeah. And, how did your parents feel about this? <laughs> oh, it was Melissa C. What am I saying? It was Melissa C. And then okay. the Spice Girls came out. And oh, I was of course. Like, yeah. That, that was like, ooh. <laughs> um, my parents didn't really understand. Yes. Well, it's not the, not the thing they would have projected or wanted for you no, potentially, no. which is security. Absolutely. And it's, it's a very volatile place to be, being an entrepreneur. Even if you have a brand and your name is getting out there, it's volatile. It's and, volatile. And parents would worry about that. And you're vulnerable. Yes, you are. I was yeah. vulnerable, um, not knowing I was vulnerable, but I was because I should have, even though I'd had my practice run of three to four years in a company, I was still very new to the fashion world. Right. It's a very different beast and it's a very different culture. Um, so I ran, I ran into, I ran into difficulties in pretty much five years later, four years later. That's, that's when it was either go big or go down. Okay. So, so let, let's talk then about the culture of, of, of you being there in that, that, that moment, because you, uh, let's go back to the vulnerability aspect. Um, when you start a business, it's, it's not a learning curve. It's, 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 a, it's a rocket straight up. It's just a line straight up to the sky. You're learning everything as you go. Were you finding that people were coming to you saying, I can do this for you and that for you? Were they wanting equity? You know, you become an attractor when you're mm -hmm. suddenly a something as ridiculous as that is, you know? And were you finding that people were coming to you in that regard and that you were vulnerable in that way? I was vulnerable on the business side, which I didn't really want to think about because I was right. so busy creating and delivering. And very often creatives do ignore the business side and the accounting side. Absolutely. And the more, what, you know, we would see is the more tedious side if you're creative, perhaps, which is traditionally why artists aren't wealthy <laughs> because they do tend to get taken advantage of a lot of the time, I think. Yes, but... You see, with with the business that I was running, you are in it, it is there's a huge part to accounting because they're buying. They're literally right. buying SKUs. They're buying volume. I mean, we went from buying one to, you know, when we were delivering to Japan, it was like they wanted 250 of the same product or 300 product, you know, 300 of the same product. Okay. So you are dealing with finances. You're talking about margins. You're talking about right. all these. And so you're no longer sitting in the studio creating and, 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 and the love of what you're doing or the reason you got into it in the first place diminishes. Absolutely. Well, we're just going to take a quick break and I cannot wait to hear the rest of your story. You are listening to Dublin South FM on 93.9. This program is Broadcasting 24-7 online. This is Dublin South FM. You wouldn't buy a car without knowing its history. So why would you buy a story without knowing who's telling it? Come here and I tell you. It's not always easy to verify what you see, read, or hear. But now, there's help. Visit www.bmediasmart.ie Stop. Think. Check. Be Media Smart. Brought to you by Media Literacy Ireland. Supported by RTE. Howdy folks, it's Ray M here, letting you know that you can join me each Friday evening for Country Sounds, right here on Dublin South FM. 
I am a lineman for the county. Each Friday from 6 pm, Country Sounds is going to bring you the very best in classic and contemporary Irish and American country music. So why not join me each Friday evening from 6 to 7 pm right here on Dublin South FM for Ray M's Country Sounds. Sometimes you might forget, but every one of us is still at risk from COVID-19. But every time we do the right thing, we're protecting ourselves and the people around us. So next time you meet up, just take a step back. Let's all keep cleaning those hands and wear a face covering when you're shopping or on public transport. If you cough or sneeze, cover it or have a tissue handy. And download the COVID Tracker app to be one in more than a million. Because COVID-19 is still a problem and we're all the answer. From the HSE. Everything's fine on 93.9 Dublin South FM. Sponsored by the UCD Innovation Academy. You're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You with Dr. Lolly Mansi. Welcome back to An Entrepreneur Like You. Now we're back with the amazing Melissa Curry. She last told us that she was in Liberties of London in her late 20s and she's a brand. Melissa. <laughs> the brand. What happened? What happened to it all? The brand went up and the brand came down, uh. Lolly. <laughs> Now I can laugh about it and now I look oh, at how naive I was. But I mean, at the time to be given such a privilege, I mean, thinking that everybody was getting, you know, getting the same opportunity <laughs> as me. It's only when in hindsight you go, you were the chosen one. What right. did you do? Well, it, yeah, um, you, look, it's, you didn't it's business. Have the experience to know. I didn't realise how big I was getting. I had okay. no idea. And my passion and what I was good at was actually not... I was spending less and less time designing. I've heard that so many times. Yeah. It's the typical, it's the story. Yeah. Um, and I, in, in my early 30s, I also gave birth to my son. Right. So there was a lot going on. I was at a crossroads because I'd built as much as I could build on a, not on a whim, on a decision that was made, right, let's go, when I was 27. Yeah. Um, I didn't get investment. I had great support there and I remember going to New York actually before before I had my son. I remember going to New York going, I'm going to cash out. Wow. Yeah, I did an amazing portfolio of work and I did go to, to New York and I started beating down any agent that would meet me and they said, you know, you're worth a lot of money. And I said, really, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I was really ready to cash in. Cash me in, yeah. 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 Write me a check. Absolutely. And I was calling home. I was like, I've done it. I'm staying. I'm made. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm not coming home again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, at the same time, uh, there were orders coming in from my business and I did have to pass through Paris and come home here. I was between Paris and Dublin. Um, I was trying to produce in Dublin, actually. It was an easier thing because they, did, they would do smaller rounds of things okay. and um, anyway out comes my son and that's when everything changed because he became incredibly ill very quickly and the fashion world uh, it has lots of things but they, they are not <laughs> there's no real care in there it's unforgiving yeah very yeah. it's yeah. relentless yes um, and it's oh, there's no empathy it is it's just you know 
I think stories have come out, you know, about McQueen and, you know, many other people involved now, I think, you know, um, that, 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 that have suffered because of that sort of hectic schedule and the sort of the constant drive to create something new. And, and it's exhausting. It, it does is. chew you up and spit you out. And it, and, it, and it spat you out in a very difficult way. It did. Right? It yeah. did. It was a decision I had to make. It was a difficult decision, but um, it was made for me because right. I I had to take this on. And... He was. He became number one. Right, your priorities change, and, and it's funny because people always say, "My first, you know, or very often, my first business is my baby." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but then, when you get a real baby, <laughs> you think, "Hang on a minute." <laughs> I was missing my business yes. for a long, long time. Right. Um, but then my skill set changed. I I learned so much. I have to be very grateful. But it it he did become a priority because it was a life debt situation. Um, and it just got worse. So I did try and set up in Paris, give ourselves stability, but it was relentless. Paris has an amazing infrastructure for everything that is, uh, I mean, the, the, they are such a social um, country and they have an incredible um, um, health system. Okay. But unfortunately, he was just so sick. I, I had to return home because all our infrastructures were... were, were so no one brought you out? To enable Couldn't. you to have the freedom for that? No, no, okay. we were on our own. Okay. So I had I had to come back and uh, a friend of mine, um, Emma Kelly, wonderful girl, uh, called me and said, Mel, time's up. Out. Wow. So I had no choice to come to come home. And Ireland, of course, were going through that silly boom, you know, right. it's like they thought they were in Wall Street. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the French are the French are so modest, you see. Yes, so of course. It was kind of funny. And it's vulgar to show your money over there. <laughs> but over here we lost the run of ourselves. <laughs> it was like I, I had nothing. Yeah. I had ten cents in my pocket. Oh. That's what I had. Um so Everything that I had spent had to go on my son. Your life couldn't have changed to be different, any more different, really, from Paris, fashion designer, Liberty of London, to suddenly being back in Dublin, you know. Caring for a sick little boy. Caring for a sick boy and having no capacity to do anything else because that 100% need 100% of your attention. That's it. Wow. That's some pivot. Uh, that's a great word. That is a pivot. Yeah. Um, but during the time... You reflect, obviously, you've lots of awakenings, you've lots of things to deal with, emotional, mental, physical, everything um, for, for both. And it, um, it gave me time to look at the world in a different way. It gave me time to reflect on what new projects I could bring out when okay. the time was right. right. It inspired a lot of my collections that are still evolving. Um, right. And it gave me just a, a deeper emotional story to tell around my products, which actually has enhanced my brand from, from It's then. amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's making lemonade out of lemons, you know, and women are so, so good at this because we don't have a choice but to make it work, you know, and you have to, you have to provide and therefore you have to find a way of making that happen. The fact that you managed to re-harness your creativity and, and for most creatives, it's create or die. You yeah. know, um, they is is absolutely incredible. So tell us a little bit about what you did afterwards, then. So, I, and I, I know, I mean, I know the sort of story of where you are right now, which is deeply exciting for the listeners to hear. <laughs> but uh, may, maybe, maybe just start with what's currently going on with you. We might backtrack a little bit then to how that happens. So, what? Well, what what got me up and running was the little bar of success. That's what really got me up because, and I think I met you. You did. That's right around back. about that happened when that happened, and it was suddenly on the wrist of Michelle Obama. That's 
That's right. Just suddenly. <laughs> how did that happen? Well, you just have to have a magic wand. No matter how desperate your life is um, and how, how I mean, I, I was really in a bubble of what am I going to do? But, you know, um, one thing led to another and I was so inspired by her. I generally, I genuinely was. She's a phenomenal woman. Yeah. Uh, incredible. They were. I mean, they yes. represented such a what huge a shift in the world. Yes, absolutely. I saw that. So I just said, well, sorry, she's the only woman I want this on. Right. So it's a little gold bar and it's got the word success on yeah, it. And, and, it's, and it's what success means to you, whatever that means to is, you. It is. And it's a little, it's a, it's a bar of encouragement. Yeah. So it's your manifestation. It's and, you and wear you it and it'll bring you wherever you go. In the magical world of to however you did it, you managed to send her one and, and she wore it. And, and she was presented at the, I remember I, I called on Taoiseach. Um, I got, I spoke to Mrs. Kenny at the time and I said. <laughs> How do you even have those numbers? <laughs> family history. <laughs> okay. Um, and I told her literally, um, this was made for women. This yeah. is from me. This is from my heart. And I built this to, um, to acknowledge women, yeah. but also to 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 support them on their way wherever they're going, and right. it it and and this is the this is what it means. And she loved it, so she said, "Hold on a minute, I'll be back to you as soon as I can. I need to talk to Protocol." And I got a call from Protocol saying, wow. "Would I please come into the doll? Um, they absolutely love the idea." And the three. The, the rose gold bracelets, three of them went to Michelle and her two daughters, Sasha. How wonderful. It was beautiful. But that, that for me, until that point, I was really a little submarine. Yes. So that was me. Okay, you've done this. You go forward. This, yeah. is, your, you, you go, this is your time now. Well, again, it's that bounce back that fascinates me, that resilience to sort of, I'm just going to keep going and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change what I'm doing, but I'm just going to keep going because I have no choice but no to choice. make this work. Yeah. Right. Well, I was fighting. I had, I had economic. I wasn't. I was. I had lost my economic independent independence. That is that for me was that w- that was painful. You know, I had my own source of income. I had. Uh, I had my own source of everything. I was self sufficient in everything. And you're free because and of free. That. Yeah. You are you're free. free to make the decisions you need to make. And as soon as you don't have that economic freedom. You don't have that freedom in other ways as well. And I think that's enormously difficult for women. And that's and that was my, that's what drove me at the time. So right. I was ready. I was rocking. I said, you want me to speak? I'll go to any event and I'll talk about economic freedom. And I did. Um, right. But a lot of people were expecting other things out of me. But I, that was my, that was my narrative at the time. That's what the bar originally signaled. Yeah. Um, so anyway, fast forward. That was, that was my point of change. Yes. Um, and obviously there's been toing and froing because a young boy, uh, you know, his, his, his wellness was permanently, it was a yo-yoing, ex- right. um, uh, uh, yeah, it was a, a yo-yoing experience. So anyway, fit in, fit out, I, um, I start, I, I decided to, um, acknowledge my blind spots, um, in business and I put myself on. <laughs> Any entrepreneurial <laughs> um, course. Uh, so I, I think I did, I did High Flyers, I did New Frontiers, I did yes. uh, all of them. And 
Um, I was the creative in the class always, um, but I had this story. Yeah. And I think that's what people enjoyed most and, and, and it resonated with a lot of people uh, who couldn't articulate their But pain. also they can't keep a good woman down. And this is it. You just kept going at it by whatever means. <laughs> you say it so nicely. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I just keep on trying, yes. you know. I mean, it's not for the faint-hearted. I never know what's going to happen tomorrow, but then who does, even if you think, think you've a secure job? excitement of the life, really, sometimes. It you is. Know? It's the exhilaration. I mean, yeah. I, genu- I genuinely love the unknown. Yes, yes, I'm the same. I think it's the thing I like, I miss so much about holidays is going around a corner and not knowing what's there. I know every inch of Kells where I live. <laughs> I know around what's around every single corner and nothing changes. So I get that, you know, that's why you left me in the first place. It's just predictable and mm. there's not much change. And of course, you know, seasonal change, but that's about it. But, you know, when you're involved in something creative, you've got those, I call them the, the, uh, the peaks of enlightenment and the troughs of disillusionment. You know, you've got that constant undulation um, on a daily basis between things working and things challenging you. And that's very exciting space to be in if you're the right kind of person for it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you certainly, you, you, you have to have your resilience right up. I mean, you have to be strong. You have to be emotionally strong. You have to, most women are though. I mean, yes. most of us are, not just women, but women are resilient. We have to be, as you, as you've said previously, um, my resilience was taking me on a whole other journey. Yes. And I do believe that I'm pretty much uh, bulletproof right now. <laughs> How phenomenal. <laughs> me too, because I've had no vaccination. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, uh, this year, I guess, all my, my peddling back and, you know, all the, the ups and downs really prepared me for this year because this year was another big slam because right. we were literally, I'd built everything. We were about to go pop. So was this with success or your subsequent brand? A couple, yeah, a couple of projects we were. Um, so what happened then in 2015, a lovely friend of mine said, I think you should go on to airlines. And when we were building our business model uh, at that time, uh, my business uh, my business coach and myself, uh, we were building all our revenue streams, what, what we would, you know, who we would go after and crews and aircraft and all these different revenue streams seemed really exciting and, and real. Um, and a, a lovely friend of mine said, I think she was wearing the little success bar and she said, that needs to go to Virgin. And of course, I thought, well, sure. And I go straight <laughs> to that. I just pick the phone up and I go, hey, uh, I've got something really lovely. And at the time, actually, I built a, a wonderful corporate social responsibility program with it. And okay. I had, uh, I, I was working with uh, Kasani, who were a beautiful project out in East Africa. And they were building days of work for women. Amazing. Right. So we built beautiful pouches that were all in hand embroidered by those women and little gold. It was pink gold because it was what Michelle had been given. Um, it was a pink gold bracelet with this beautiful pouch and, and you bought it and it would give a day of work to a woman. That's phenomenal. I love that idea. Yeah. So we went on Virgin. They wanted it. It was like the, the, the buyer wasn't even involved in the negotiation. It was the business developer who... Okay had spent a lot of time in Africa, a bit like me, and said, want that on board? And then the buyer had, had to do what he was told. So, so again, let's go back to that moment where you got picked for Liberty of London and you think this must happen to everyone. Because there you are then, meeting Richard Branson. 
And if I ask people to name an entrepreneur, they always say Elon Musk and Richard Branson. They're the two that people pick out. You're there meeting Richard Branson. What was that like? I was terrified. Yeah. But I, at the same time, because I, I was coming from nothing. I mean, I had this beautiful product and, and purpose. But you also know that doesn't happen to everyone, right? <laughs> well, it was thanks to Anne-Maria Barry, um, who absolutely loved the idea that I was the only Irish business on board Virgin. Yes, right. And he was launching Virgin Media in Dublin. Um, and that it just went from, it was, it, it came out of the blue, really. Um, he, it was pitched to him and he thought it was a great idea. Right. Um, and he is hilarious and, and just humble, uh, a, Quite gentle, actually. Yes. Um, because I was nervous. I was standing in the middle. I was standing in the car park waiting for him to come. And he'd been out with uh, Bono and the, and the lads the night before. As you and do. I, as you do. I was there since <laughs> half eight wearing, you know, my big bowl cuffs and this little package in my hand um, that I had prepared for um, for Holly, his, his daughter, who was having a baby at the time. So um, anyway, down he comes late and... He rocks over to the car park and I just, I thought, I mean, it was, it was quite amusing when I, when I look back on it, but I was really humbled. I was really grateful because he always said, when you build, build with a purpose. Yes. And that's, that, that was, that has always been a part of my work. And this was very purposeful. And I felt, well, he must've checked you out, Mel. Really. Yes. If he's meeting you, he likes you. He likes what you're doing. Otherwise, he wouldn't put his name to it. And so, he also knows your story. He knows my because story. Because you were brave enough to tell it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and we stayed. So I, I was nervous, though. I forgot to give him the pouch <laughs> for, for Holly. <laughs> and uh, I, we, we, I laughed at myself. And then I was running around trying to find somebody to give it to him. And this is, this is where he is different. I couldn't find anybody. I actually went to the cloakroom somewhere near there and I found a gorgeous girl and I said, listen, that is for Richard. Can you give that to him? As and in Branson. Goes, yeah. <laughs> she goes, Richard Branson. And I said, yeah. And you can give it to, if you could trace Anne-Maria Barry's PR. Um, and she said, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, have you got your number on that? I said, sure. So I'd written a little Brilliant. note, please give it to Holly. And I got an email three weeks later from Holly. Oh, how lovely. Isn't that lovely? Yeah, so, that's absolutely beautiful. That, yes. that is who he is. So you're, are, you, are, you, are you on Virgin Atlantic at the moment? So uh, a part of last year's uh, crush was, of course, I had put myself into travel retail because it's a very exciting, upward, yes. uh, very profitable way of building a brand that's global. Are there better margins in going on something like that than there are on retail shops that aren't airlines? No, airlines, okay. you build on airlines for uh, marketing okay. and for spread. Okay. So you do not go on there to make money, but right. it does give you a great, <clears throat> it gives you a fantastic, fantastic feedback, whether you're a, a global right. or you're not. So it's all about raising your profile. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but we did well. So the, anyway, all of that was put, put aside. I had started to build... Um, on cruises and Richard Branson uh, and obviously his teams started to develop a very interesting cruise line, uh, which is launching next month. They He, of course, rethinks things and he's the king of travel. So this cruise line was very much looking at the young people, what they want. Right. And uh, you can't call cruises sustainable, but 
all their practices and values were all built on values only, you know, coming from himself. Um, so it was a really exciting adventure. And I worked about best part of two years on what we were doing with them. So we, we rebuilt Melissa Curry going back to Liberty. She was the, the artistic, the, the, the fun, the, 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 the PR, I guess, of the, of the brand. Um, so we rebuilt all of that for him. And we also, he, we, he, we worked on an innovation project, which was supposed to be launched also. So, but that's all coming in four weeks time. I believe they're going to, they're, oh, they're switching on the engines and, uh, We'll be back. Oh, we're all going to be going places. How exciting. How exciting for, for people like you and me. Although I... I oh, I'm yeah. not young, so I won't be going with the young people. <laughs> well, I believe, I believe there's a stretch. So there, it is a, it's, um, it's, it's fascinating what they've done. It's exciting. It is exciting. He's an incredible innovator. Um, and he doesn't ever seem to stop innovating, which is absolutely wonderful. Mm. You know, but he also um, does seem to amass some incredible people around him. And we need to take That's a break. Key. But after the break, I cannot wait for you to tell the listeners about your latest project. Your community radio for South Dublin. This is Dublin South FM. Could you and your dog spend one hour per week bringing special moments to people in care centres? Or would you like one of our volunteer visiting teams to come and visit your care centre? At Irish Therapy Dogs, we have a dedicated interest in the use of pet therapy for people in long-term or daily residential care, a professional organisation aimed at providing a pet therapy service on a national basis. If you with your dog would like to get involved, or if you would like one of our visiting teams to visit your care centre, then please call us on 01544-6198 or visit irishtherapydogs.ie for more information. Do you need a professional-looking website or graphics for your company? Does your current website work on all modern devices, such as tablets and smartphones? If not, you are losing business. Preamp Digital Media provides a full range of solutions to give your company the edge in today's digital world. Please visit www.preampdigitalmedia.com for all the information you need. That's www.preampdigitalmedia.com. I've always provided. That's what I do. Even when the job shut down, I somehow managed. But the pressure chips away at your confidence. I felt alone. I needed to talk things out. I learned Samaritans isn't just for when you hit rock bottom. I'm glad I called. It's always worth getting problems big and not so big off your chest. Call Samaritans. No pressure, no judgment. We're here for you. Anytime, talk to us. Free call 116123 or go to samaritans.ie. Broadcasting to South Dublin on 93.9. This is Dublin South FM. Sponsored by the UCD Innovation Academy. You're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You with Dr. Lolly Mansi. I'm Dr. Lolly and you're listening to An Entrepreneur Like You. So, Melissa Curry, <laughs> you're now on Virgin Airlines. You've got this amazing product, but what else did you make? Because I'm so excited about this next thing. Going back to that time when I was highly emotional, I think I was in a high emotional state. A lot of my work and a lot of my ideas stemmed from that. And yes. I guess I had been out of the country for so long also that I was really disengaged with my culture. Yes. So um, I had this idea to build a kiss because it was my son's little kiss that kept me going. 
And oh, I thought, that's beautiful. And what is that word in Irish? Because I was hopeless at Irish. <laughs> and but obviously the word poke uh, is is the Irish word for kiss. And I just thought that sounded beautiful. It is beautiful. And uh, I acted on it 13 years later. Wow. Um, I love the way that things marinate for so long with you. And then you use it at a time when you feel it's ready. That's, it's a part of being awake, I think, and being present uh, in the markets. You have to. If you're a trendsetter, you've got to know when the right time is to, yes. to bring something through. You can be a little bit before time, which is usually my case, but... Um, eventually we get, you know, you come in with something else. But yeah, I mean, that's what your risk is. You could go into the market too early. Right. But this has taken longer than anticipated because of what where we are. But Pogue essentially... We've never needed kisses more than we do right now. <laughs> well, that's how we sold them. I mean, it was just, we, um, and I know the, I just felt Ireland needed something youthful, uh, something that represented love and something that was... Um, that had a little bit of Well, of fun course, there's another spirit. saying with the word pogan that I won't say for the listeners, but I they all know it. That. But of course, but that's the, I think that's the, the way that it, it, it goes for us mentally with that word. And yes. what you're doing is you're reconfiguring how we see that word. Yes. And the word poke is beautiful. It's beautiful. Yes. Um, so I, I worked with um, Anne Kiernan. She was the former head designer of Lynx. Um, I brought it to her. She was Irish. She is that Lynx of London? Yes. Yeah. And the two of us uh, mer merged and uh, collaborated, should, should I say. So we built out the collection and we it launched uh, just before COVID oh. on Aer Lingus. Wow. So we had 600 units going up into Aer Lingus. And my big thing uh, as, you know, um, at, at this stage of my life, I do have a bit of purpose behind me. So um, we were, we were uh, working with Jigsaw Mental Health. So it was a spin of let's send love out to all the Irish people all over the world. I love that. And we were giving back to the young people of Ireland and the, their mental wellness. So stakeholders were all invested. Um, things started to go well. And yes. bang, they were dropped. And sure, we still have pogues in the airport. Right, so. right, right. So yeah, we had this giant global pause. Exactly pause, right. You know. So talk to me a little bit more about why it was so important to collaborate with a mental health charity. Well, my son struggles okay. with mental health. I think and many, many young people, in fact, most young people, in fact, no, let's not even say young people, most people, people. Yeah. are struggling right now, right now with coming out of all of this mm -hmm. and even before. But I think it's exacerbated so many issues around anxiety, loneliness and depression. And, you know, we need, as a human species, we need to be connected to each other. Oh, hugely. And this disconnect, I think, is, is going to have a, an, an aftershock as we move, come forward out of this. So, 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 talk to me about um, you know the how does how does Pogue make a difference on the global stage? On the global stage, um, it's in its first. I think we've yeah we're, we're a year into it, and it is wonderful to see how the young people are attracted to it, um, what they're saying about it, how they're interacting with it. Um, they they love it, and yeah. I I it's so exciting to see that because the young. My main focus is bringing products out for young people. I mean, obviously I have different targets in, in my different ranges and different business activities, but the young people for me are, are a very important, uh, very important market. The world 
is on their shoulders. Well, <laughs> we, ha- we haven't got it in such good shape that we're passing it on in a great way, let's face it. No, so um, it's, it's yeah. them who I, I try and reach out to. And you know, I understand why Gen Z are, are so vocal about the baby boomers. You know, unfortunately, we're left with, you know, not only, you know, a decimated world environmentally, but huge, huge cultural issues, um, you know, that they face, that they are the ones, they are the cleaners of society. They're the ones that got to clean this stuff up. They're the ones that have got to innovate and create businesses so the world can stay and be sustainable. Uh, we've been on a one-way ticket to, to nowhere, I think, <laughs> before this, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, brilliantly said. You've summed it right up. And this is actually Gen Z. Yes. Um, the, the Pogue is all, I mean, it's for all age groups. And during, the, during COVID number one, as I call it, um, I think I hounded every PR agency, any TV channel, um, and apologies for anybody. <laughs> I was on a mission. But we actually, we did get it on TV and uh, I, we just sold out. We were sending kisses to the people we missed all over the world. So that was really beautiful. Um, And it was, it was used by all different age groups for that. Um, But now we're really focusing on what next. And we have built a really beautiful, innovative project for the airport. Um, Obviously it's on standby. Um, and more recently, which for me is a, and you'll understand this, Lolly, um, I, you get tired sometimes of being on your own at the top of a mountain. Absolutely. Um, and I adore collaboration. Um, it just invigorates you. It, you can't see everything. Um, so I have been kindly, uh, me, I, Pogue um, has been, invited to a, a program uh, run by Bradley, the brand agency. Um, they have um, they have put this uh, wonderful package together for, entrep- for, for brands. It's called Master, uh, Makers to Masters. And um, it just started this month. Um, and it's a program that is a unique uh, brand collaboration that provides early stage craft makers and designers in Ireland with a pro bono marketing support program. Brilliant. Brilliant. Again, going back to the idea of creatives not being, you know, not knowing enough and being business savvy, but you know that they will help them get to market. And and that's absolutely brilliant. Do you think it's it's important for brands to have this social responsibility? I do. I think it's going to be more and more important. I think there's Mm. two sides. Corporate citizenship. um, We will see more of that. Yeah. Um, And then I think your sustainability policies are going to be a massive part of your selling point and a massive part of how you sit in a market yes, and how long you're going to stay in a market. Well, there is, there is obviously now a backlash against fast fashion and about sort of, you know, fast food and, the you know, the fast movement. Uh, and, you know, I'd love to think that we might be edging back towards a time, you know, where where we are really looking at sort of the impact of the planet. I've seen a lovely couple of... Uh, Businesses recently set up on using recycled ocean plastic to make things from, you know, uh, but time is of the essence. You know, small brands can only do so much. It really does take, you know, and I think there's a lot of greenwashing that goes on with the bigger companies where they say, oh, we're doing this, that and the other and playing lip service to something, but really nothing is changing. Nothing, nothing. And we are actually in a crisis. Yeah. I think we've all been, I think anybody who's awake or has been awakened by this period of time, where we've been given a chance to reflect, I think they will have been reacquainted with nature and the importance of nature. And really nature is first and we're second rather than the other way around. Right, right. It's one of the byproducts of, of not having so many planes. <laughs> it's the Absolutely. environmental impact. Is there some kind of offsetting that you're that you're doing, you know, through 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 the, the your jewelry lines, 
you know, in terms of that. So you're giving to mental health, but also I know Virgin Atlantic are very much into replanting and 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 you know, offsetting the carbon emissions. Yeah. So I would be. It's it. It, it was a slower build uh, due to all of that, but we've had a, we've had to create a massive policy, uh, a very strategic policy measures uh, for all our products going forward. And right. that was one of the requests by Virgin. If we didn't have that in place, we were we weren't a part of right. Their so making business. sure it truly is sustainable. Absolutely. So I mean, it's very hard to discuss the word sustainability because realistically, we're not because we're selling products. The products, yes. It's how they are delivered, where they go and where they come from and all of the rest. But, you know, I do have a big issue with the word sustainable. But um, for, for what I can do in a, in a small capacity is make sure that all my boxes and everything I work with is bioplastic. And when I say bioplastic, it's actually made by plants. And I brought that in about five years ago. So. Brilliant. Again, head like, of the curve. Like, well, and people were laughing at me and people were saying, your packaging is so simplistic. And I said, yep, right. because you don't need it. Right. You need Absolutely. what's in it. You don't need the packaging. The picture, packaging was beautiful yes. because it was plant-based. Um, so, Well, it's either landfill or recycling. Is well, it? it's, it's not being kept. <laughs> well, there you go. So, yeah. it's, so we, I had all of that in, in place. Um, I always, and I, I always say that my work is slow. It is slow. Um, yet the business people will want, so how many units are you going to be selling next year? What are your projections? Right. And they're like, oh, um, yes, I have to live. But, yes. you know, you do have to choose how you are going to, how do you stay in the market? Right. Sustaining something that is purposeful and that it that has a really good feel around it. And I think Pogue has a beautiful uh, proposition for that because we are all about young people. We are about love and inclusivity. Um, we are the young people's voice and we are all about sustain sustainability. I would go corp yeah, I mean, with a corporate social responsibility. Um, conscious is, is a nicer word. Can I ask you then a question that I, I would pose to many people, but for you it's way more resonant. <laughs> what does success mean for you? What does that feel like now? Because success for you when you were younger would have probably felt different or been defined differently. But right now, what is it? For me, um, I'm great question. It's to, it's to, it's being happy. It really is about being happy. Um, I I've gone through. I've like many people. I've gone through a lot of pain. Yeah. Um, and that pain was always overcome by being resilient and getting up and and going after what I needed to do and staying busy. But I wasn't happy. Yes, we, we often, as, as, as entrepreneurs, we often, and nature abhors a vacuum, we often fill a void where there is, 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 is you know, something, uh, uh, you know, a lonely space perhaps with work, which Absolutely. is why entrepreneurs don't, it doesn't, yeah, the work-life balance thing, it need, it, I, I hate that question because I enjoy what I do so much, I don't see any distinction between waking up and, and working. I just, you know, I just, it's a natural extension of what I like to do on a daily basis. It doesn't feel like work. Now, I'm incredibly privileged to have that feeling, I realize, but I, I also work an awful lot in terms of hours. You know, I have three businesses, I have a teaching job, another business coming, you know. So, uh, in, in terms of that, you know, success, is success being able to sit and stop and feel content or... Content. I will be content when my son comes to a place where he is well. Um, COVID yes. has had a significant uh, impact on somebody who was just about emerging from 
many years of difficulty and setbacks. But again, it's he it, it, resilience. He's got it now. He's got it in bucket loads. Um, but COVID has had a, a dramatic effect on well, him. I don't doubt that because very often, as you say, you know, your love for travel may have come from your father, is his love for travel, you know, and, and we are raising children that see us as entrepreneurs and mm-hmm. it's, you know, <laughs> they, they, the expression, you didn't lick it off the path, you know. <laughs> like, no. It does have a knock-on effect where people are seeing what it's possible, you know, what, what it's like to be an entrepreneur. They may decide to, that they're never going near it for that reason. They might well. But they also might embrace it. I think you're you as I'm like yourself, Lolly. Um, I think it's admirable when I look at you and what you achieve. I don't see that within myself, but I'm yes, it, effectively that is how it works, isn't it? You you've so many different lanes of traffic for for income reasons, for interest reasons, for business ideas. Um, that you are incredibly, we become incredibly busy, busy and consumed. So yes. I guess the question is yes, being content with what one has at this moment is is what success should be. Yeah, and being truly present. Very much. I have so. a poem I must read you. It's called Our Greatest Fear. It is our it is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? <laughs> and I just love that. It's by Marianne Williamson. And I just love that because I think, you know, your story and, and the story of so many entrepreneurs is one of fight and it's one of grit and determination. And it's also one of gentle love and one where you are creating something for yourself. You are undoubtedly the mistress of your own destiny. <laughs> there is no question. And, you know, do you ever take time to just sit and think about your journey? Yes. Good. Yeah, I Good. do. Absolutely. Um, I do a lot of meditation. It helps me take that break yes. that I need because it is intense. As you know, it is intense. Yes. Um, it, it makes me wobble sometimes how intense it can get. Um, but I do. Yeah, I do. And I think um, I'm grateful that I'm actually still around to give another punch at the back. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking forward to the next few. I'm, I'm really looking, looking forward, forward to the next, to the round. next round. Ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Curry, it's an absolute pleasure and a privilege to have you in the studio today. And you are a warrior woman. Well, thank you. And so are you, Lolly. Very much so. It's been a privilege being here. I, I have one little tiny quote that a friend of mine sent. Um, and it's a quote by Vinod Koshla, um, who is a billionaire VC. He said, there's... No large innovation has come within a system and you have to start thinking from scratch. I love that. Join us on the 1st of September where we will meet more entrepreneurs like you.